I hope everyone、um, is doing all right. It's been a crazy week.、Um, let let us know if you can't hear or if there's any issues. Just send us a message.、Um, I've got my phone in front of me, so you can send me a message or send Roy a message, and we'll try to sort、um, any any of that、um, for you. This week has been a challenging week for many of you watching and listening.、Um, some of you have lost jobs.、Uh, some of you have had to work overtime, extra time, putting yourselves and your loved ones at risk、um, in order to keep others safe, in order to help others in their、um, struggles and challenges. This week, some of you have had to juggle、um, working from home and taking care of your children or other loved ones、um, at home, and some of you have. Had bad news. Perhaps it was someone that you cared about、um, who got the coronavirus,、um, even lost their lives. Some of you have had to、um, mourn the loss of life as we knew it,、um, things that you were looking forward to that you have had to say goodbye to, and so it's been a very challenging week. And all of us have have had to absorb the anxiety that comes from the rising case of the coronavirus, the daily changes to our society,、um, and the growing challenges to our financial security. So, it's been a crazy week. And I just want to remind everybody: please don't str- struggle、um, with your stress and anxiety alone.、Um, you can reach out to to me、um, or to Roy.、Um, There's also various organizations that are there to help you, and I'm just gonna put some of those numbers on the screen. And so there's、um, many organizations that can help.、Uh, one of them is called Beyond Blue.、Um, it's one three hundred twenty two four six three six, and it's avail it's available twenty four seven. And Uh, basically, you can call them anytime. There's also Lifeline. The number is one three one 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 four, and Lifeline provides twenty four hour、uh, crisis counseling and support. And so,、um, please feel free to also message us.、Um, you know, you can if you have our numbers, you can message us on our phones. If you don't have our numbers, but you would like、um, us to call and and pray with you and just to talk,、um, you can. You can、um, message us on our Facebook, and we'll we'll get in touch with you that way as well. And so, yeah, please reach out. You're not alone.、Um, we're all in this together. And so, please reach out to to get help、um, and to talk to someone. This week, I really found myself、um, on edge. I, you know, we were, were Roy and I have been trying to balance、um, homeschooling with.、Um, Working from home, and、um, we've had to do different shifts、um, of of trying to balance. You can go get off the slide.、Um, sorry. So, oh, okay. This is what they're seeing. Yep. And so, whenever this screen changes, you'll know that. Okay. You'll know what cool. All right. Thanks, Roy.、Um, so. Yeah, we were just, you know, taking shifts, three to four hour shifts, so that one of us can work and the other can watch the kids. And of course, it never works, you know, exactly to plan. And so the kids kept interrupting us when we we're trying to work. And I just by by Thursday, I was kind of I hit a wall.、Uh, my energy level and my stress level, everything just kind of came to a very bad place. And I really desperately needed relief. And I found it through the prayers.、Um, we have our MCAC ladies prayer meeting、um, on Thursday night, and I was telling Roy afterwards that everybody on that prayer meeting ministered to me. So thank you、um, for your prayers and for your support. 
And I also found relief and comfort by going back to a passage that、uh, means a lot to me, and it's a passage passage that I want to share with you.、Um, and it's found in Psalm chapter forty. In Psalm chapter forty. Um, hold on.、Uh, in Psalm chapter forty, the passage reads, and this is a Psalm of David. He says, "I waited patiently for the Lord to help me, and He turned to me, and He heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. He has given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God." Many will see what he has done and be amazed. They will put their trust in the Lord. You know, the first time I read this、uh, psalm and really had the text come alive was when I was fourteen years old. I remember I came home from school and I was home alone because my parents were working and my sister, who was sixteen at the time, had picked up a part-time job after school as well. And so I got home and you know I got bored. Nobody was home, so I started going through my dad's bookshelves, of which there were many. And there was one book that caught my eye. It was a book by Marvin Moore, and the title was "Conquering the Dragon Within: How to Overcome、uh, Through a Relationship with Jesus, How to Overcome Temptation Through a Relationship with Jesus." And that sounded dramatic and, and promising, and so I started to、um, to read the book. And what I read changed my life. The author, you know, over the course of the whole book, says a lot of things, and I've kind of condensed it into the key ideas that really、um, stuck out to me when I was fourteen. And this is what he、uh, wrote. He said, "Christian character is not achieved in an instant, but day after day, we are." To add to our faith goodness, and to goodness knowledge, and to knowledge self-control, and to self-control perseverance, and to perseverance godliness, and to godliness mutual affection, and to mutual affection love. That's in Second Peter chapter one verse five. And he also said, "Don't expect to overcome all your temptations on the first try. In fact, don't expect to overcome them without a long and severe struggle. Character development is a learning." Process, and he also quoted these words by another author、um, named Ellen White, and she wrote, "Sorry, when it is in the heart to obey God, when efforts are put forth to this end, Jesus accepts this disposition and effort as man's best service, and He makes up for the difference with His own divine merit." I remember as a fourteen-year-old. Feeling such relief and joy as I realized for the very first time, even though I had grown up in the church and even though I had read the Bible before, for the very first time I realized I don't have to be perfect. I don't have to do good all the time. I don't. I don't have to be ashamed and afraid of the failures as I learn along the way because God's grace is enough. I realized for the first time that grace. The meaning of grace. Grace is God making up the difference, making up the difference. So no matter how much I feel like a failure, right? No matter how lacking I am as a mother or as a wife or as a pastor, as a friend, sister, daughter, all those things, that God can make up the difference. That He can take me out of my negative self-talk, out of my disappointments and my anxiety and my grief, with the words, "My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness."
He comes and fills our broken hearts so that they can be whole. He fills the, the gaps in our lives and he says, it is enough. I remember that day when I was 14, realizing for the first time that God is patient. He doesn't rush solutions to give quick fixes. He takes his time. You know, because I want to go, you know, straight from the valley to the mountaintop. And I, and I wonder, God, why don't you just transport me there? But God is saying, nope, I'm going to walk you, walk with you as you walk through the valley, as you walk up the mountaintop. Because he's interested in the changes that I'm going to go through and experience as a person and not just my final destination. By the time I get to that mountaintop, my character will be changed and not just my circumstances. So God is patient. He walks alongside us as we kind of wallow in the valley for a bit. You know, he's patient as we get distracted along the way. He's patient as we sometimes get distracted and go on detours. And sometimes we say, we give up and we kind of sit down and refuse to go on. And he's patient with us. He's patient with us because he knows that the selfishness that's inside my heart, the selfishness that's inside of humanity cannot be extracted without pain and loss. His plan is long-term and all-encompassing. And sometimes, you know, that's really hard for us as humans because we don't like pain. We don't like suffering and we don't like to wait. We wonder, where are you, God? You know, one of the followers of Jesus, um, his name was Peter, and he wondered the same thing. He wondered, where are you, God? As he witnessed Jesus get arrested, as he witnessed Jesus get whipped and beaten and sped on and mocked, ultimately crucified and killed. And Peter's wondering, where are you, God? What's happening? This was not the plan that he thought was going to unfold. But within a few days, he realized that that was not the end of God's plan. Jesus resurrected from the grave. And then... 50 days after that, God gave Peter and the rest of his followers of Jesus the Holy Spirit, the gift, the promise that they were waiting for that was going to uh, always guarantee for them that God was always with them and would never leave their side. Peter later wrote to the new Christians who were being, um, you know, tested in their faith, who had to endure the difficult times and were also echoing that age old question, where are you, God? And he wrote this in Second Peter chapter two, uh, 3, verses 2 to 15. He wrote, I want you to remember what the Holy Prophet said long ago and what our Lord and Savior commanded through your apostles. Most importantly, I want to remind you that in the last days, scoffers will come, mocking the truth and following their own desires. They will say, what happened to the promise that Jesus is coming again? From before the times of our ancestors, everything has remained the same since the world was first created. But you must remember, uh, sorry, you must not forget, sorry, um, it's in the right one. There you go. But you must not forget this one thing, dear friends. A day is like a thousand years to the Lord and a thousand years is like a day. The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he's being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. 
But we are looking forward to the new heavens and the new earth He has promised, a world filled with God's righteousness. And so, dear friends, while you are waiting for these things to happen, make every effort to be found living peaceful lives that are pure and blameless in His sight. And remember, our Lord's patience gives people time to be saved. In other words, God is being patient for our sake, right? He wants everyone to be saved. And for, from our perspective, you know, we get impatient because it just, it's just taking so long. But God is saying, hey, be patient because I have a plan. And my plan is I want everyone to be saved. And that in- includes you and I. He's patient with us. That day when I was 14, as my mind was blown by this, you know, theology of grace, right? The proper picture of God, not as this demanding judge that's standing by waiting for me to mess up, but instead as this ever patient, ever present companion and helper. I remember reading Psalm 40 with, with those new eyes and realizing that, you know, when we are waiting for God, he comes and helps us. When we understand that he is a God of infinite patience, mercy, and love, then we'll remember that he has lifted us out of the pit of despair before, that he has, that he's walking with us, helping us so that we don't stumble. And others will put their trust in God because they can see how God is working in our lives. And so be patient with God because God uh, is patient with us. Be patient with yourself. Um, because character development is the work of a lifetime. You know, failure is part of the process of learning. You know, when, when, a, when a baby stumbles and falls, we're not angry with the baby. We want, we know that it's going to take time for that baby to learn to walk, to learn to, to run, to learn to jump and climb. And so be patient with yourself uh, as your character develops. And also be patient with others. Remember Peter, um, one of the followers of Jesus, he was a passionate man and he was always quick to anger, quick to action. You know, he, he was a guy with choleric personality. And when Jesus was teaching the importance of reconciliation and he was talking about how important it was for, for us to, to, to make that effort to reach out and reconcile, um, when someone hurts us or when we hurt someone else, Peter comes along to him and asks, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times. No, not seven times, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. You know, Peter thought he was being quite generous because I don't know about you, but if someone wrongs you once, okay, you forgive them twice, you forgive them, but three times and you're out, right? That's kind of the general rule of thumb. But Peter comes along and says, hey, should I forgive someone seven times? So he's he's being quite generous here. But Jesus says, no, Peter, not just 70 times, seven times, 70 times seven. In other words, who's going to count to 490 and say, okay, no more, right? Jesus is saying, you have to forgive and forgive and forgive. And then he told this parable. Jesus said, therefore, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with servants who had borrowed money from him. In the process, one of his debtors was brought in who owed him millions of dollars. He couldn't pay, so his master ordered um, that he be sold, along with his wife, his children, and everything he owned to pay the debt. But the man fell down before his master and begged him, Please, be patient with me, and I will pay it all. Then his master was filled with pity for him, and he released him and forgave his debt. 
a million dollars of debt. Okay. That, that's, that's, they calculated that based on the fact that it would basically, it would be impossible for someone to pay off in their lifetime. Millions of dollars of debt. And this king forgives, not just gives it a, an extension, right? Not just gives a discount, but completely forgives the entire debt. Can you imagine how that person would have felt previously having had millions of dollars that he knows he can never repay to being completely forgiven, right? What an incredible gift. What amazing grace. But then notice what happens next. But when the man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. He grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. His fellow servant fell down before him and begged him for a little more time. Be patient with me and I will pay it, he pleaded. But his creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and put in prison until the debt could be paid in full. When some of the other servants saw this, they were very upset. They went to the king and told him everything that had happened. Then the king called in the man he had forgiven and said, You evil servant, I, fig- I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid his entire debt. That's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. You know, it's a stressful time for everyone. And some people, including myself, we don't deal with stress well. And so we don't know how to express the fact that we're afraid, right? There's, there's the fear of, of getting the virus. There's the fear of, of, of financial, you know, collapse. And, and, um, there's a fear that we're going to lose so many things that we've held dear. So many things that mean a lot to us. There's the fear of loved ones, um, getting sick or, or dying or being in trouble. And there's so many fears that we all carry right now. There's the anxiety, right? There's the stress and, and we're not always so great at being able to deal with our stress, deal with our anxiety so that we can be kind and patient with each other. And instead, you know, myself included, because of the stressful environment, everybody's on edge, right? And because everyone is on edge, we are very short with each other. So I think it's especially important right now that we learn to be patient, that we choose to give someone that grace, remembering that God has forgiven us so much and is so infinitely patient with us. And he's asking us to be patient with each other. So what do we do when we're out of patience? You know, how can we be filled with compassion instead of judgment, right? Another one of the first century Christians was named Paul. And he really had to learn patience. He had to endure physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual challenges. He was stoned, whipped, beaten, imprisoned. And um, writing to a church in Colossae, this is what he wrote about um, patience. He said, the Colossians chapter 1, So we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. 
We also pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power so you will have all the endurance and patience you need. May you be filled with joy, always thanking the Father. He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belong to his people who live in the light. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. And Colossians chapter 3, since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony, and that the peace that comes from God from Christ, rule in your hearts, for as members of one body you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. So there's a few kind of things we can extract from uh, these passages in Colossians. Um, one of the things that comes out is is the power of prayer. You know, as I shared this week, it was the prayers of others that really lifted me up and helped me to be more patient with myself um, and with God and with my children and with those around me. Prayer has the power to help us realize that there's so much that God is doing for us and with us and in us and through us. And so to learn to be patient. Also, as we spend time uh, in, in Bible study, that spiritual wisdom and understanding um, that come from reading and reflecting God's word allow us then to be able to have not just a head knowledge, but a, a, a growing appreciation for God that day by day we get to know him better and better. And that relationship, you know, when, when you spend a lot of time with someone who's kind, it makes you kinder because when you're around people who are positive, it makes you more positive. And the inverse is also true. When you're around a lot of negative people, you, you get grumpier and more negative as well. And so as you spend more time with God um, in prayer and in Bible study, reflection, reading, and just spending quiet time with him um, and, and talking to him as to a friend, it can really help us build our patience. Another theme that, that was in the passages in Colossians is the idea of thankfulness or gratitude. When we are grateful, when we pause to reflect on the things that we have, not the things we don't have, but the things we have, it builds our patience because we realize that we actually have so much to be, uh, to be happy about, so much to rejoice about. You know, we still have a roof over our heads. We still have food to eat. Despite all our troubles, we have an inheritance in God's kingdom. He has purchased our freedom. He has forgiven us of our sins. We have people who care about us. And you know, in, in that passage in Colossians where it said, clothe yourself with love. It's a, it's a very interesting phrase. Um, it's interesting because in the original Greek, it actually says, clothe yourselves in your gut. In your gut. And that's kind of a weird thought for us. But biblical writers thought that the gut was where your emotions uh, were. Today we would say, you know, in your heart, because that's where we, you know, we, that's our expression for where our emotions are. But you know what's interesting? It's a little side note. Um, scientists are discovering now that 95% of the serotonin receptors, right? Serotonin being that chemical that makes you happy. 95% of serotonin receptors are in the lining of your gut. So, 
in order to become happier and to relieve anxiety, right? Eating good food that trigger those um, serotonin receptors in your gut can actually build your patience um, as well. But when in the Greek, when it says clothe yourself with love, right? And patience and kindness and gentleness in your gut, right? It's talking about making that choice. Just as we make a choice every day what we put in our gut, we make a choice every day what kind of clothes we put on, right? So we are making that choice every day to embrace mercy and kindness and humility, gentleness, patience, and love. It doesn't have to be a grand gesture. You know, give someone a compliment. Do the dishes. Share toilet paper. Adra needs um, all of these supplies um, at their three centers where they're putting together care packages for those who are vulnerable. They need, you know, soap and, and sanitizers and, and uh, food, pasta, rice, you know, so share some of your bounty um, with those who are vulnerable. You can also volunteer to be a driver for ADRA to help deliver these packages to individuals who cannot make it uh, to the centers to pick up the items. Um, we also heard about how the Alfred Emergency Department, they're, they're looking for donations of old iPads that they can use in isolation rooms. So if you have an old iPad lying around that you're not using, if you can donate it to them, um, they would really appreciate it. There are also lots of people who have lost jobs or who are in very high-risk jobs in the healthcare and, and uh, other frontline work. And so please let them know that you care. Let them know you're praying for them, right? Show that you love them. These little acts of kindness and, and love can really go a long way. When we're short and running out of patience and love and kindness, we have to be able to go back to God and ask Him once again to fill up where we lack. Remember that my definition of grace from today is that grace is God filling up where we lack, right? Filling up so that it's more than enough. And so remember that when you're short, take a pause, take a break, take a time out and go to God and say, God, I desperately need you to fill me back up with kindness, fill me back up with patience so that I can forgive, so that I can be nicer to those around me during this stressful time. There's some other tips. Um, uh, my colleague Josh Stanick um, had created a, a format of a daily guide, and so with his permission, I've modified it Um to share with you all. I'm not going to go through this, but it's going to, it's on our Facebook church, Facebook site, um, as well. And so, yeah, these are some little things you can do to help you fight anxiety, to help you, um, fight the stress that's rising up in your heart because of the stress that's outside the world at the moment. Um, so by doing these little things, um, hopefully as you, uh, find yourself doing these things and calming down and finding peace, it will build your patience. It will build your ability to be kind. It will build your your opportunity to um, to really experience the pa- the peace that passes all understanding, and to be able to pass on that peace, to pass on the joy that you discover in in these moments. I'm sure you can think of other ways um, and other tips that that you can do to be well, mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually well during these crazy times. But I want to leave you with uh, Psalm chapter 40 once again. And let me read it for you once, once, one last time. I waited patiently for the Lord to help me, and he turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire. 
He set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. He's given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see what He has done and be amazed. They will put their trust in the Lord. I pray that as you go through this new week,、um, as you navigate the challenges that this pandemic is throwing at us, I, it is my prayer that as you cry out to God, as as you lean on God, as you go to God, that you'll experience His amazing grace that will fill any lack that you have, that will fill any need that you are having at the moment,、um, and that as experience of of His faithfulness in your life, that many others will come to to know and to trust the Lord. Please bow your heads with me in prayer, dear Heavenly Father. These are indeed challenging times. These times、um, are really bringing out sometimes the worst in us, and so Father, we we desperately plea, we beg from our guts, we beg for your Holy Spirit to fill us with your love and with your kindness and with your patience, so that we can overflow. And give that unto others, Father. We pray that in those moments when we are short with each other, that you'll forgive us and help us to forgive others, and help us to be humble enough to reach out and ask for forgiveness. And we ask, Father God, that as we navigate these these very unprecedented times, that you'll give us wisdom, that you'll be with all those who are experiencing extreme loss, loss of finances and security, and loved ones and peace. And and dreams and goals of this year that have now been been shattered or changed, Father, we pray that you would comfort each one of them. We ask that you would strengthen、um, all those on the front lines, our social workers and our healthcare professionals, and and our grocery workers. Everyone, Father, who is doing so much to keep all of us safe and well, Father, please give them extra strength and courage and wisdom and health. And Father, please heal. This earth heal our world of the coronavirus. Heal us of our selfishness. Heal us of our sinfulness and and our inability to give you praise and worship. And Father, we pray that as we come to you in in our humility, as we come to you in our need, and as we beg of you to come into our lives, that it, this will not just be because we're in crisis, but through this experience, we'll get to know you better and we'll build a relationship with you that will last into eternity. And so help us, Father, to love one another as you love us. This is my prayer in your Son's name. Amen.